This is Sarah Weymouth, and welcome to my podcast, where we talk about everything for you to live your best life. And we have a little fun too, from talking about business, marriage, parenthood, money, health, home decor, friendship, beauty, and pop culture. I'm a mother to three, a wife, a successful business owner, and I want to live my highest, best self. Follow along as we learn together, grow, teach, because you only get to live one life. Oh, and I promise to dig deeper and to ask the tough questions. This is The Line Podcast. Hi, guys. Okay, so I really wanted to talk about what I call a half-year check-in. We So I started this podcast in March, so I haven't had a chance to talk about New Year setting goals. People love to call it New Year's resolutions. A lot of people are anti-resolutions, saying that they're silly or no one ever keeps them. I think that it's super important. You can call it whatever you want. You can call it um, setting goals for the year. You can call it manifesting the life you want. You can call it whatever you want to call it. But I think most of us understand when we say New Year's resolutions, what that means. And I think as soon as you say that, people think of wanting to lose weight and people not losing weight. But it's really everything in your life. So you're looking at any of your goals from personal, professional, it could be health-wise, could be relationships, it could be spending more time with your loved ones, it could be um, having fun, relaxation, whatever your goals are overall for the whole entire year should really be set at the beginning of the year. You're, You're setting yourself up for success, You're setting your intentions, and I really do think it's it kind of navigates you for success. Where if you don't do that, I feel like you're kind of just hoping for the best. Like here I go, day to day, I'm just gonna do the thing, and let's just hope I end up where I want to end up. And I can tell you from experience and from the experts on all the books I've read and podcasts I've listened to and lectures I've listened to, that does not work. Never, in any case, shape, or form. So I think that that's super important. And then it brings me to the half-year check-in. So I think what a lot of times people will do is they'll come up with these New Year's resolutions or these goals And then they'll let the whole year play out. And at the end of the year, they'll go, okay, well, how did I do? And I used to be like this myself. I think looking back five, six years ago, this is kind of what I was doing. But then I realized that a lot happens in a year and it's really easy to get not only off track, but have your life change in a way where maybe your goals don't even make any sense anymore. So my best example for this, and I love giving this example, is COVID. So 2020, I set my goals for the year. I was super pumped. Like it was, we were going into our second year of having two locations for Lemon. Like I was feeling very like settled. I had all my employees. Everything was kind of rocking and rolling. The kids were getting older, whatever. Then, of course, COVID happened in March and life fell apart, went into survival mode, complete, excuse my language, shit show. And 
when it came time for me to do my half year check-in around June, July, obviously things had changed a lot. And I think all of us can process how COVID changed our lives, but think about it on any level. It could be a smaller thing, you know, maybe, um, maybe you get laid off. Maybe you decide to move across country like we did. Um, Maybe you get pregnant unexpectedly or maybe expectedly you're hoping for it. Like a lot of things can happen and that's why we do this check-in. It's basically a reevaluation of your year, your goals, and then your wants. I think for people that don't set goals at the beginning of the year and don't really know where to start, I would say imagine yourself in five years, 10 years, 15 years, where do you want to be? And I like to start, you know, kind of big and then bring it back to right now. And the reason I do that is because if you think about, let's just say five years from now, where do you see yourself in five years from now? If you can't envision your future self, then that's a problem right in and of itself because you can't reach for goals, wants, or needs if you don't even know what those are. So it's kind of like figuring out a target market. So if you own a business, it's very important, and you've probably already done this, is to know your target market. Your target market is a person. It is... Sally, she lives in New York City. She's 30 years old. She just got married. She's planning on having a family soon. She's super into fitness. She loves to eat organic. Um, She's big on skincare, blah, 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 right? You can describe Sally to a T. That is how you should be able to describe your future self. You should be able to say, This is where I'm going to be in five years. I am going to what? Fill in the blank. What's going to be the same? What's going to be different? What do you want? And if that is a hard thing to answer, that's so normal, you guys. I think a lot of times people get get this question and then they go, I don't know, this is too hard, forget it. I can't think like that. It's supposed to be hard. If it was easy, everyone would do it. Everyone would be successful. Everyone would be super happy. Everyone would reach all of their goals and everyone would have no regrets, right? Like it's, I want you guys to understand that it's supposed to be hard. Again, if it was easy, everyone would do it. Remember that saying that everyone always says? So take a notebook, sit down, quietness when there's no one around you, no noise, and just brainstorm. What are things you enjoy? What are things that you like? What, how do you envision yourself? Do you envision yourself living in the same city you're living in today? Do you envision yourself living in the same home? And if so, would there be changes to your home life? You know, if you've got kids, how old are your kids going to be? Where they're going, where are they going to be in their life? You know, if you've got your career, what what do you see your career being? Do you see yourself in a different position at a different company? Do you see yourself in a whole different industry? Do you see yourself starting a business, growing a business, selling a business? Where do you see yourself, right? And it does take a minute. It does take a minute to like brainstorm. 
You know, you want to have your dream body. What does that dream body look like? What's, what's it going to take to get there, right? Like you want a lean dancer's body. Okay, well, how do you get a lean dancer's body? You want to be super buff and go into these like, let's just say like CrossFit competitions. Okay, well, what does it look like to get there? Do you um, want you know, for your mental health, what, what do you envision your dinners looking like? Like all the little details start building kind of this, um, imagination of who you are. And I think this is why manifesting is so important. It's very similar to daydreaming. This is why vision boards are so big. I think a lot of times people will, think about vision boards as kind of silly or maybe even like childish. Like, you know, when you were a teenager, you would like cut out magazine cutouts and you make like collages and like put it up on your wall or on your binder. It's basically that, but then you, you you know, maybe you're going to elevate it to your life today. Maybe you are young. Maybe you are in high school. Maybe you are in college. It doesn't really matter how old you are. I think having that visual aspect of it can be also really important. Maybe it's a Pinterest board you're making. I know some people like to kind of piece together a collage and have it be their backdrop of their computer screen. So every time they log on to get work done, they see it. Maybe it's on your iPad. Maybe it's the backdrop on your phone. So every time you look at your phone, it's there. We just at Lemon, we got these amazing uh, vision board books. And it basically has image after image after image in this big book. And you can rip out pieces, you can cut out pieces and you can build your vision board for what you want. I think also it can be like little reminders. So maybe you've got this, you know, image of someone like relaxing on a hammock with a beautiful backdrop. And it's a reminder for you to relax. It's a reminder for you to take time to be in the moment. It's a reminder for you to maybe take some trips. Whatever you need, that vision board, that manifesting, that becomes, right? But you can't make a vision board if you don't know what you want. You can't manifest or daydream or want something if you don't even know what that something is. So I think step one is definitely what direction are you going? And I think Sometimes people can start to think small where they'll just go with one goal. I want to start this business or I want to be my healthiest self this year or I really want to um, have a healthy, amazing relationship. Maybe you're single and you're looking for your person or maybe you've been married for 35 years and you want to go back to focusing on your husband or your wife or whatever, right? But, um, you know, you don't have to just pick one thing. And I think that it's healthier and better if you focus on your life as a whole. Because I can tell you that if you drop everything and focus on writing a book, you're not going to be happy at the end of the day. I think short term, we sometimes have to do that. Maybe you have to drop everything for two weeks and focus on finishing a book. You know, I really had to hustle to move my business from California to Tennessee, relaunch the business and train everyone. That was like a moment in time. You know what I mean? Like that was like a month. 
or a couple weeks or whatever it really was, the like really hardcore hustle part of it. But if I was to try to do that long term, it wouldn't work. I would get burnt out. I would be um, really unhappy because I'm a mom first. I'm a wife. I care about taking care of myself. I care about my friends. I care about whatever, right? So I know that I have to have this beautiful like balance in order to be complete and happy. So I think when you go to set these goals, you really do have to think as a whole picture and not just go after one goal or two goals. And put big goals on there and put small goals on there. Maybe you have a goal to wake up every day and make your bed. Maybe you just, that's like one thing you want to do. That's a, that I would consider that a small goal, but it is something you want to do. It's a habit you want to build. It's something you don't currently do. And it's something that you think would help overall in your life. So put it on there, but you won't know what those things are going to be until you start to formulate where you want to see yourself. So start big and then start to dial back. So then look at right now. So the half-year check-in, what I like to do is I like to, well, one, like we just talked about, look back at my goals for the beginning of the year. Have I stayed on track? Have any of my goals changed? Sometimes it's a small tweak and edit. Sometimes it's a removal. Sometimes it's adding something. Whatever that is, do that first. And then you want to say, okay, it's... June, July, I'm about halfway exactly. Where do I want to see myself going into 2024? And really envision it. I mean, think about where you're going to be at that point in life, right? It's going to be probably between Christmas and New Year's. What are you going to be doing? Are the kids going to be out of school on break? You know, just really envision yourself in the dead of winter, post-Christmas. You're looking at your Christmas tree You're cozying up on the couch with a big fluffy blanket and sweats and you're drinking some hot tea or coffee or whatever. And just just think about who do you want to be in that moment, right? Are you focusing on your health and you've been working out and eating healthy? Do you feel lighter? Do you feel healthier? Are you glowing? Do you have energy? Are you feeling um, rejuvenated by like pounds lost or muscles toned and body stretched or whatever, right? Fill in the blank. You know, think about your financial goals, your business goals, career goals. Think about your relationship goals. Where are you going to be as a whole, as a person? Um, I think oftentimes, myself included, I'll use fitness as an example because it's easy. We can think about when we're here today, you know, let's say your goal is to lose 10 pounds, tone it up, stretch more, be more flexible, move your body more, um, you know, do some detoxes, eat better, whatever, right? you can see and you can feel what the difference is going to be, right? So you kind of want to do that with everything. And it can be harder in some situations. But as much as you can, think about things that you can measure. So instead of saying, I want to lose weight, 
Think of something you can measure. Say to yourself, I want to have a hard workout three days a week. I want to move my body every single day, whatever. So maybe one day that's a walk and then the next day it's a hardcore workout and then the next day it's a yoga class, whatever that combination looks like for you. Maybe you say to yourself, you know, I want to really focus on this 90-10 eating where 90% of the time I'm eating healthy, 10% of the time I'm doing whatever it is I want to do. Maybe it's drinks, maybe it's baking cookies with my kids, whatever is considered, you know, unhealthy. And then put a plan in place. Maybe for a while you have to be strict with yourself. Maybe you're keeping a food diary. Maybe you are not eating out and you're trying new recipes. Have a plan because if you just sit back and say, well, I want to lose weight. Let's see if it happens. We already know that it's not going to happen, right? That's why, again, that New Year's resolutions gets a bad rap is because people will just say what they want and then not actually put it in motion, not actually stay consistent, and then not be able to hit that goal. So take a moment to be like, this is what I want. Let's say you're starting a business and you know that in six months, by the end of the year, you want this business up and running everything. Okay, that's great. But just saying you want to start a business doesn't mean you're going to actually have this business up and running in six months. You need to have a plan. And there is an episode, I should have looked at which number it is, but there's a whole episode on how to start a business and all of that. Go listen to that episode, start to make a plan, you know, become an official LLC or whatever corporation, whatever it is you're going to do, sole proprietor, whatever it is. Make an actual business, come up with a name, get the logo, get the business going, make the Instagram, build the website, do all the steps to officially have your business, if that's one of your goals. Um, Let's say you've got financial goals. You want to save X amount of dollars before the end of the year. Okay, well, if Well, if you're married, you probably want to sit down with your husband and your wife and say, look, this is a goal I really want to reach for us financially. How can we get there? How can we dial back and save this money because I really want to use it for putting in a pool? I'm just making this up, right? So what do you have to do the next six months to save that money so that come New Year's Day, you can call a pool company and say, we're ready to design our dream pool and get a pool put in, right? What is it? What? How can you do that? Does that mean that you're going to um, cut back on eating out? Does that mean you're going to cut back on trips and partying? Does that mean you're going to um, cut back on junk you're buying for the kids? What does that mean? Does that mean you're not going to buy anything for 30 days and have a money diet other than obviously food? Um, What, what, how, how are you going to get there, right? You need to have a plan. The other thing I really like to do that I think is genius, especially if you own a business, is to have business meetings with your husband or your wife. I forget who told me this. This was years ago. Someone recommended that me and Justin have business meetings aside away from like date night and family time and normal, you know, quality time as husband and wife. 
but to actually say, okay, Monday evenings, as soon as the kids go to bed, we're going to sit down and have a business meeting. We don't do it weekly, even, but I think that that's a really great idea. We do it kind of as needed, but I think the smarter thing to do is to have a schedule. Like, okay, we we are going to, at the beginning of every month, have a business meeting. And that's when you talk about finances, taxes, bills, um, any business talk you want to, you know, like if I own a business. So a lot of times we sit down and we talk about the actual business and it's a good time to talk about goals revolving around the boring adult stuff that nobody likes to deal with. You know, that's when you can kind of have those moments where you know, you don't really want to be doing that when you finally have a date night and you get a break from the kids. You should keep it very separate. That's obviously a whole different topic. But when you're thinking about your goals and reaching them, I think it is really important to have the people around you on the same page as you. There's so much power in calling what you want out loud and then going after it. I mean, it's one thing for me to quietly by myself in my notebook, make my goals. But if I say to my husband, these are my goals, how can we reach these goals together? Or can you help me on some of these things is way more powerful than me setting these goals and then hoping that I can do it, accomplish it by myself. Again, back to the easiest example, which is losing weight or health, how much easier is it for you to stick to a healthy lifestyle if the people around you are aware and are also doing it, right? I mean, if my kids and my husband were bringing home pizza every day, I promise you I'm eating some pizza, you know? But if my husband, the kids, everyone around me knows we are eating healthy, we are taking care of ourselves, then it becomes a family goal. And, or at the very least, they respect that it's my goal, right? So let's say, you know, your husband or your wife doesn't really want to go on this health kick with you. But if they know that that's your goal, then they're going to support you maybe from a distance, right? Maybe they're going to have Chick-fil-A on their way home and they're not going to eat it in front of your face. Maybe when they're with you, they're going to have a salad and be healthy, but then, you know, save the junk food for when they're out with their friends or when they're alone with the kids, right? So it's just having that let's be on the same page mentality. It doesn't mean that all your goals are always going to be someone else's goal, right? I mean, think about it just like in friendship. You might have this wonderful goal that you want to run a half marathon or a marathon or Ironman or whatever. Your best friend might be pregnant. So there's zero chance that that's her goal too. Now, I'm sure there's some people out there that are nine months pregnant running a marathon. Good for them. But they are avid runners and this is like their career. Most of us are not able to do that safely. Let's just be real. So you've got your best friend that you do everything with. They're your, you know, your sidekick, your biggest motivator, everything. They're pregnant. They're craving ice cream and they want to chill and they want to like 
just nest and build the beautiful nursery and all the things that we go through in pregnancy that is so such a beautiful chapter. But you're in a different chapter. You're over here trying to, you know, get to this goal of a marathon before the end of the year. So this doesn't mean that like your best friend has to be doing the marathon too. It doesn't mean that they have to be like training with you, but they just tell them your goal. This is my goal. And then they're going to support you from a distance, right? They're not going to train with you, but they're also not going to be like, you know, come over and I want to hang out late knowing that you're going to try to wake up early and go for a run, right? Again, these are all just examples. But if your brain works like my brain, I love an example because sometimes I, you know, someone will say something like have people around you support you. And my brain goes, well, what does that mean? And and that's why I love to give examples because support can look very different in different situations. It could mean that someone is cheering you from a distance. They come on the race day and cheer you on. It could mean that they're literally training with you, right? So there's such a spectrum of of support, but still any level of it is great. And putting it out there, calling your shot, just keeps you going, dedicated, and to not stop. That is the most important part, consistency. And just having a, a plan keeps you consistent. So get the support, have the plan, know where you're going. I can't like stress that enough. I, there's so many people that will just be like, I'm working out really hard. And it's like, well, what's your end goal? Have a goal that you're going towards. It will keep you going. Otherwise, three weeks from now, you're going to be like, eh, I'm over it. I think also um, a really good book is called The um, Happiness Equation. And one thing that they talk about in there is that uh, I really need to reread the book. It's been a really long time. But one thing I always stuck with me is that they talk about how retirement is is a scam that we've all been fed, right? We've all been told to hustle, 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 and then one day you get to retire and do nothing. But in reality, happiness comes from waking up every day with purpose. So, you know, when you go to set your goals and where you want to see yourself, think about that purpose, right? Like you want to wake up every day. What do you want? What do you want out of your days? What do you want out of your weeks? I think this notion of like, we're living for the weekend, like that just, that's such an old fashioned kind of dated way to look at life. And I think especially living through COVID, we've all seen that that's not, reality. Like we're living in today. I'm living for now. And I don't want to wake up Monday morning and go, ugh, I just have to, you know, grip my teeth and just make it to Friday. Like that's, if that's how life is, then this is such a good exercise for you, right? Like you're able to sit down and go, I'm so unhappy. Like this is not the way it's supposed to be. You should love every day for what it is. I used to say that my favorite day of the week was Monday. And obviously that's like most people are like, I hate Mondays, Mondays suck. Or, you know, oh, it's such a Monday. It's like such a thing, right? Like when you are tired or like things are hard, it's like, oh, it's such a Monday. 
I used to love Mondays because I was like, okay, I can do like this big reset. I can get things done. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, the weekends are so chaotic with kids, especially when they're babies and they're toddlers and you're just like dealing with nap time and this and that and da, 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 da. And Mondays felt like such a calm for me where I was like, okay, I'm work. I'm at work. I can get things done. Blah, blah, blah. I just came off the high of the weekend with all my kisses from my babies. You know, but it's like it was almost coming from a place of like passion for what I was building that I would get excited for Mondays where I was like, okay, what am I going to accomplish? Where am I going to go? What am I going to do this week? Let's do it. And I think that, you know, the book is so right because if you wake up with no purpose and no passion, then you're you're never going to be happy. And so, um, again, back to the retirement thing, I don't think retirement is ever a thing. You know, yes, okay, you might be a doctor and at a certain point you're going to quote unquote retire from being a doctor. You're not going to be a surgeon for the rest of your life. But you have to have something, some sort of purpose. Like I always tell my father-in-law who um, is basically, you know, retired. He does a little bit of real estate still and kind of, does, you know, stays in the mix. But I'm like, you know, the older you get, you just want to find something that you enjoy, that you can have fun, that can give you purpose every day. Maybe for him that means working at a golf course two days a week because he loves golf. Maybe that means teaching guitar, private lessons to a couple kids a week, right? Because he loves guitar and he's a really good teacher and he has such good rhythm. It's having something. So if, you know, I think another reason this half year check-in is so important is people typically at this point of the year start to feel stuck. It starts to feel stale. You know, it's almost like you need to like shake it up. Like, okay, we made it to June, July. Now what? You know, of course, look at what you accomplished. Don't be too hard on yourself. Nobody's perfect. You know, life happens, hard things happen, but now what? What can you build on that will give you purpose every single day? For example, like when I see moms that just like don't ever want to get dressed and don't ever want to do anything because they're like, well, what's the point? I'm a mom. I work, you know, especially if like you work from home, it gets like very lazy and it just breaks my heart because I'm like, you're living your life. Who cares if you're getting dressed for just yourself? Who cares if you're just going to the grocery store and coming back? This is your life. And if you don't feel enough passion to get up and get dressed and live your days, then there's definitely a reevaluation that needs to happen. Oh my gosh, I just looked at the time. I meant for this episode to be a quick snippet about reevaluating your half year check in, and it's been. 30 minutes. (laughs) I just rambled on. But I really think like these points and these examples can kind of like drive it home for some people. You know what I mean? Like I think sometimes we need that wake up call where we're like, whoa, she's right. I wear the same leggings every single day. Like I don't want to live a life like this. I'm not saying you have to wake up and be a supermodel every day and wear high heels and a mini skirt. But wake up with some sort of oomph, some sort of passion, some sort of excitement and purpose for your days, right? 
Why are you buying clothes if you're not going to wear it? And if you are wearing leggings, you better be working out real hard every day. (laughs) You know, but we all get in these ruts. So I also don't want anyone to be hard on themselves. We all get in these places where we're like, yeah, I've worn the same sweatpants for five days in a row. What's going on? There's usually more to it. And if you are feeling any sort of boredom to your life, then that is a wake-up call. If you are feeling overwhelmed, that's also a wake-up call. Why are you overwhelmed? What's overwhelming you? And if uh, most of the time, if you're overwhelmed, it's because you're doing a lot of the hard stuff and not enough of the fun stuff, the relaxation, or the things that drive you and excite you. So again, that's a reevaluation time where you can say, okay, this is very unbalanced and I need to reel it back in and balance between obvious life stuff and what makes you passionate and gives you purpose, right? Um, I think also it's really important that I point this one thing out that's hard for a lot of adults to hear. If you are numbing yourself day to day, that is something to also look at because you are taking away from opportunity for you to see your life as it really is and to change, make change. So when I see adults drink every night or whatever, just to numb your life, that makes me really sad. Um, I do think that there is a possible difference between actual alcohol addiction And then just using alcohol as a way to numb yourself or to bring joy to your day. Like I know that there are people that will have a glass of wine because it relaxes them, but also gives them kind of a boost of happiness in the moment. But alcohol is a a depressant. It makes you depressed. So, you know, it doesn't actually solve the issue. So You know, and I think it doesn't have to be alcohol. It could be binge eating junk food. It could be smoking pot or, I don't know, other drugs maybe people do. It could be porn. It could be gambling. It could be watching mindless TV. It could be looking at social media for six hours straight. Like whatever it is, like you're just taking away from your own life, your own reality, and you are going into this like fake reality, right? I mean, I think it can it can even happen with reading books. Like if you spend your days just waiting to get in bed to read your book and that's your excitement and that's your only joy, that's something to look at. Because what you're doing is you're basically removing yourself from your reality and putting yourself in this fake reality of reading this book or looking on social media or watching the TV show or whatever. And you are escaping yourself. So I do think a really powerful way to look at your life is to remove all the things. What if you were to say, no social media, no TV, no books, no computer, No nothing for one week, seven days. Just do it for seven days 
and fill that time with something else. So maybe that is more time with your kids. Maybe that's having fun with your husband. Maybe that's calling up your best friend, having a long conversation. Maybe it's catching up with your mom. Maybe it's organizing your closet. Maybe it is doing this task that we just talked about. Sit down and brainstorm your life and where you want to see yourself. Maybe it's having a business meeting with your husband like we also talked about. Maybe it is just sitting in the silence. Maybe it's taking a hot bath and meditating. Maybe it is having an extra workout. Maybe it is stretching for 30 minutes. Maybe it is whatever. Anything but this other stuff that's taking you away from your real life. And it's tough. I mean, I even for myself, I mean, I... I like to watch Real Housewives, you know, like I have my thing too. And I'm not saying that we have to like give up all of it. Like I'm not saying to never have a glass of wine, but you have to look within in your own life. And if you're using certain things as a escape on a daily basis, then it becomes a question of why, why, why am I doing that? And what is making me that stressed or that unhappy that I need the escape. So it can be a very powerful exercise. And I think it's kind of fun to have this discussion with friends or have it with your husband or your wife or your family members, because everyone I think kind of does it on some level or have dealt with it at some point in their lives. And it's interesting to hear people's stories, perspectives, and kind of what they do that they can consider a healthier way of handling stress or a healthier way of looking at life's issues. And then also being able to tap into what really makes us happy. So, oh, I love that one. I actually, um, you know, I have to use social media for my business. So like, like eliminating social media is like not a possibility for me, but I do like removing certain parts of it. Like I will just like not do any reels and or certain things that like suck up a bunch of time and it it can be huge I mean I know we've all done it where we're just like laying in bed and on social for way too long and then we're like oh I wanted to go to bed early and here I am it's 11 o'clock and I just wasted all this time looking at social media for no reason like literally no benefit came out of that so I think it's just good for all of us, even the most high achieving, successful people can get sucked into these things and just being able to evaluate that. I have had moments in my life where I've literally evaluated everything and then I've had to just say to my husband, like, it's too much. Like I have too much on my plate and I really need to dial it back. And sometimes just looking at your life having that conversation can be so life-changing because nobody is a mind reader. It's not like my husband can say, oh, she's overwhelmed because most of the time I'm just doing it. And then I'm letting it come out at night when I'm eating a whole box of cookies. And I'm like, why am I so wound up? And then I'm able to say, okay, I have too much going on. This is not healthy on any level. Something needs to give. And that's where you're able to make these healthy changes and really make the goals, set the goals and stay the goals. I think 
if you're feeling stuck, this might be the place to start. So, okay, now I've really rambled on for way too long. (laughs) I mean, I could have just probably made this a longer episode, but I really wanted it to be bite-sized, easy for you guys to, you know, listen to and put put into motion um, because we're there. We're at the half-year mark. So go for it. Life is way too short, you guys, to shortchange yourself. You do not want to be 90 or 100 and have any regret, any regrets. And I think it's really fascinating when you hear older people talk. You know, they never say, like, I wish I made more money or I wish I was better looking or I wish I had more stuff. It's always just regrets on having fear on taking chances or having regrets on not having healthy and keeping relationships. It's it's always that kind of stuff. So I do think it's important that we are able to take a step back and go, okay, what do I really want out of life? And let me go for it. Because as we know, the years fly by. 